Welcome to the Bitchin' Siblings Podcast. Everybody welcome, because we're going to do what we do best. I kind of like flew by the seat of my pants on this one because I realized yesterday, oh shit, we have to we have to record and next weekend is not a good weekend for me to be recording. So we're going to record some back to back and I'm sitting here going, shit, like what, what topic? And then it kind of came to me when I was laying in bed yesterday and every motherfucking thing across my Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, everything is about the coronation because today is, we're just little over 24 hours from King Charles being coronated as king. Um, and by the way, for those who don't know, it's just this ceremony. He's already obviously been ruling. Yes, yes. And that was one of my questions. So this is one of the things we're going to get into because while we were laying there, not really watching it, but like it just like happened to be – it wasn't necessarily on. We don't have cable, but I had turned on Hulu and Hulu does have live options for some things. So I was like, oh, let's watch it. It was like 9.30 in the morning. And I think we watched maybe 10 minutes of it and then I was like getting going dumb. about my day. <laughs> well, not that it was dumb, but like it's just – um. It's a ceremony. If I were British and I were there and I understood the significance of some of the things that they were doing, it might make more sense to me. But because it's it's it, th there's no significance for me culturally or whatever. It's it to me. It just seems like a lot of pomp and circumstance. Exactly. I'm sure there's a lot of reasoning behind the things they do. Okay, you know. so the way I equate it is if uh like graduations for people you don't know, you're like. Nobody fucking cares. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't care about this graduation because I don't know these people. So mm -hmm. I don't, let's move on. That's, that's how I view it. Well, and I've always been fascinated, not necessarily like obsessed, fascinated, like, oh my God, you know, but like, I've always been fascinated by the royal family and not necessarily the royal family of Britain, but royal families in general, because to me, it seems so antiquated and, mm -hmm. and. The royal families that exist obviously are not like the royal families in Disney movies where, you know, they're not without problems or aren't without um, controversy. So I've always found them very fascinating that they still exist in some mm -hmm. areas and in some other areas they haven't. And then I've also been super fascinated lately about like, um, was it Jamaica or whatever? Where is um, where is Rihanna from? Jamaica? Barbados. Barbados. Barbados, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, they like broke away from the royal family. So like they're they're now they're their own like government or whatever, but like I don't really quite understand how that happens because they quite they were technically owned. And so like I've I've just been paying attention more to the um controversial side of of the royal family. Good and bad, not necessarily all bad, but just mm -hmm. you know, it's not just all princesses and kings and queens and you know waving on a balcony there's a lot more things coming to light lately that are just interesting so, so i thought it would be fun to talk about i find it fascinating because i'm very confused on their role specifically britain's royal family i don't know about other countries that have royal families yeah. um but what exactly their role is because they're not part of the government per se but they also meet with the prime minister but they also don't give them like they don't tell they're them they're not what to supposed do. to have a political agenda they're not supposed to take sides they're not allowed to vote they're not yeah. allowed to they're no matter so, like who their the prime purpose? minister is like, i don't know and that's that's what i that's what i find fascinating is like why are why is anybody paying anybody to be a royal 
mm-hmm. and paying their allowance or whatever they want to call it. Mm-hmm. What what exactly are you getting out of this allowance you're giving them? Like that that that's where I find it fascinating. So from my understanding, and this is obviously I'm sure there's way more to it. So and in no way am I an expert, and in no way am I speaking with 100% fact. <laughs> from one of the things that I've understood is that part of the reason why they're able to justify using the taxpayers' dollars is because it brings tourism to the country. Therefore, it boosts their economy. So it's like people going to Disney World. Like, why do you go to Orlando? Well, we go to see, you know, Orlando brings in more tourists. Or sorry, Walt Disney World would bring in more tourists than if it weren't there. So, like, obviously the scale is, you know, 1 to 10, totally different. But without the royal family, would there be that tourism and that economy boost? So, like, I get it, but I don't know that it should be on the taxpayer's dime to bring in tourism. Similar to, like, Walt Disney World. They had that Reedy Creek thing where, like, Walt Disney World itself is the one that paid for the roads and the electricity and everything within a certain radius of Walt Disney World. Like, they, it was, they were, like, their own, quote-unquote, self-governing body in the sense that within the state of Florida, Walt Disney World had specific control over these areas. So, they're, they, so that the taxes of running the electricity and the water and everything didn't fall on... The, the residents of the air of the area, it fell on Walt Disney World. Like they took that responsibility. That's now been revoked. But without getting into politics, like that was the whole point was, yes, it brings in tourism from the state and it boosts that economy. But we're not going to put that that burden of the cost to have this tourist event on on the taxpayers. So that's where I don't understand it is I can understand that it absolutely does bring tourism because without that, there is stuff in Britain, obviously, but not enough that it would produce the amount of tourism that it does without the royal family. But I don't know why that that's the royal family's responsibility or the sorry, the taxpayer's responsibility to fund for the royal family. And if we really want to go back to it. Obviously, like I've done some research on like how Queen Elizabeth became Queen Elizabeth and blah, 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 because Amy didn't know until recently that Queen Elizabeth was not born to become queen. She was the the niece of the king. The heir apparent. Um, the, yeah, because the he heir was apparent. Never, he never went through coronation, correct? King Edward? Yeah. Because I think uh, he was like, he was crowned king. And then he abdicated before his coronation. I, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But here's here's where my my question comes: is obviously this line of royal blood, quote unquote, goes back centuries, right? Mm-hmm. But when it all, when the beginning of time started, because this all does go back to whether or not you believe in evolution and or, you know, um, the birth creationism, of, you know, Adam and Eve is like what made those people royal. What part of their what about them made their blood royal like what makes them superior you know back with the vikings and the neanderthals which i know that the neanderthals are not related to everybody just so that you guys know we carry or at least i do four percent of my dna is neanderthal but there's also different types of not homo sapiens but like we we come from different lines some are Mm -hmm. neanderthals and some are homo sapiens and like we've they've you know what i mean they've they've created life together and blah 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 so like where so does that we're royal like the blood mule. 
We're like a donkey well, no, and a horse breeded, no, like, and then we got a mule. So some people come from Homo sapiens, some people come from Neanderthals, some people come from like a different line. Like at the end of the day, like there's a different form of humans. Jenny, I I know what you're saying. I'm just saying that I am a mule because mules well, I, cannot procreate. Oh. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it from that perspective. But um, I'm special, like, okay? At what point, I mean, did somebody just decide one day, I'm more important, I'm royal, I'm going to take control, and then continue having babies and then just convinced everybody for hundreds of centuries that, or for, you know, hundreds of years or centuries that, that they were superior? Like, that's where I get confused is, I mean, you can go back generation to generation to generation to generation and obviously Mary Queen of Scots and, like, King Edward and, like, go back, but, like, who deemed them royal? Because when you're watching this coronation yesterday, it is you couldn't see like behind a certain thing while they were changing him to the roads because he's been anointed by God. Well, here's my first question is if he was anointed by God. One, why would God anoint anybody to represent him when he has his son, Jesus, <laughs> who was supposed to do that? OK, so there's there's that question. OK, but the other- does the Church of England what exactly does the Church of England believe? Correct. But you see, here's the thing. Is the Church of England part of the reason why I, I don't I I don't know if it was Henry VIII or whatever. It was one of those older kings that literally became the head of the church so that he could divorce his wife so he could marry another woman because the church didn't allow him to do that. So then he pretty much named himself the head of the church. So that he could create a rule that allowed him to divorce one of his wives and marry another. So it's like, so, so then it's not anointed by God because you are choosing what part of the, do you get what I'm saying? Yes, I totally get it. That's not anointed by God because if it was anointed by God, you would have to follow straight through all the way down. It wouldn't matter. You wouldn't get to just call yourself omnipotent and then just start making decisions. And then... What I want to know is if he made himself head of church and made that rule, why did Queen Elizabeth's uncle, what was his name, Edward? King Edward, yeah. Uh, why, why did, did Edward have to have to abdicate because he wanted to marry a divorcee? Because like, she was divorced, not him. No, 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 I understand that. But if yeah. he was head of church and he was a king and he was anointed by God to be the head of the Church of England, couldn't he change that rule? Uh, you would think, because that's what that's one what of the other kings previously did. That's what I'm saying. Like, exactly. it just doesn't make sense. Like I, I agree. And this is one of the reasons why I'm very fascinated by it, because to me, it just seems like, again, like, where does this originate? Where does this come from? What made somebody noble or royal in any way? And then when you do some more research, you find that, I think it was the king of, what, maybe it was, was it the Tudor bloodline or whatever that had such massive inbreeding that they pretty much made themselves obsolete because they could no longer procreate because they had so many birth defects because they were inbreeding upon inbreeding upon inbreeding. And which why is, by is the way, a- how you get birth defects or uh, health problems in dogs, too. Well, yeah. And like there's laws against that. So like why? And there's laws against. But obviously this was like before these laws existed. But. I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, like, what makes them royal? A lot of the royal families that still do exist are very much tied to the royal family of England because Queen Victoria, from my understanding, married off all of her kids to Russian czars. 
German, you know, the German royal family, the Polish royal family. So, like, they're all related now in some way or another. I mean, outside of, like, I think the Middle Eastern, like, the Queen of Jordan and, and stuff. But when you're talking about, like, the Netherlands and Spain and, you know, Norway. Germany does. I don't think Nor Germany has a royal family anymore, but they did. You know, obviously the Russians had a royal family the that they were killed off. The Romanovs, I believe. Yes. Um, Greece I actually was just watching something about the Romanovs the other day. And how, <laughs> yeah. like, um, what's his face? Um I don't remember his name, but I, I know his name. I never knew what he was, but he was like a um, like a fortune teller to the Romanovs. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he pretty much told them that once he died, the Romanovs would be dethroned within two years. Probably, yeah. Well, and then you have the Greece, Grecian royal family, which produced... A, a prince who then married and back into the royal British family or the British royal family by marrying Queen Elizabeth because that's mm, Prince mm -hmm. Philip is was the prince of Greece. But the family was run out because they were, you know, so it's just like it just but seems he like they had ties to the Romanovs, too. Well, they're all related. This, yeah. Yeah. They're all cousins. They I mean, Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip are cousins. I think they're second or third cousins. But, like, they're all related. So, for me, I understand now that as we get further out, like, you know, like Princess Diana, obviously, I think she was related to them in some way or another. But, like, you know, the Middletons married in and, and Catherine, I don't believe, has any royal connection. And, obviously, Meghan Markle has no royal bloodline connection. So, the the grandchildren that are being born now are are more pure blood in the sense that they they're not inbred yeah cousins yeah and i don't say inbred in a bad way i just mean you know mixing genes but i just i don't know or, to me i just or, find it uh, keeping the same genes <laughs> well yeah keeping the same genes so i just i don't know there there was a lot of pomp and circumstance don't get me wrong i still think it was um beautiful because it is there is something to be said i can look at somebody's wedding who i don't know and still look at it and go oh that's really cool you know yeah. that's really awesome but still have no significance for me I also think that it was poorly timed from the under because from my understanding with what's going on in Britain and the United Kingdom right now, they're at an they're very similar to us, high interest rates, lots of people who can't afford to feed their family or live in a home or whatever. Yeah. And and here we are spelling spending billions of dollars of these taxpayers' money to throw a big party. Yeah. Um and, and if he's already king. I also find it funny that they uh, like they could have chosen any day. To have uh -huh. this coronation, and they chose uh -huh. it on the same exact day as Harry's son's birthday. Yeah, like I found that funny into. I found that interesting and and then too. people are like saying, "Oh, you know, Meghan Markle didn't even deem to show up because it was her son's fucking birthday." Like, chill the fuck out. It's not that yeah. big of a deal. Yeah. On top of the fact that they don't like her, so why would she want to be like in a place with them? With mm -hmm. people that don't like, like, that's just like mm -hmm. saying that I'm going to go to somebody's house that I know doesn't like me and I don't like them and it's going to be fine. No, like, well, I'm yeah. not, I'm just not going to put myself in that position. Like, that's just dumb. And again, I think that if it had been any other day, she probably would have tried to make it happen. Yeah. Again, I don't know, but, uh, you know, I can understand why she would want to choose to keep the children home. However, I do understand the frustration of half of the family, well, I guess none of the family have met um, Lilibet, the little one. Mm -hmm. um, so it would have been a really great way to, like, go and, like, introduce, and then it could have been less um, uh, 
intimidating because there's a lot of people there as opposed to just like a small family function. That's but true. I mean, whatever. Every family has their issues. And so like I'm, I can't speak to what I think they should have done. Um, and that's very true. And most for me, I can't speak to it because there's a lot. I mean, yeah, there's a lot out there about what's going on. But there is so much under the surface that none of us know. And none oh, of yeah. us are ever going to know. So we can't oh, yeah. speak on it because that's not we don't know the ins and outs. We don't know the the gory details of what's going on in their Well, that's just like having an opinion on somebody else's marriage. If if you know, you might know a lot if you know both people, but that doesn't mean you know everything just because exactly. there's a lot of things that people don't show. And so to 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 try to pass judgment or speak on somebody else's life is I mean, everybody has opinions. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just saying that those opinions shouldn't be like projected and like you. Sh- I just don't think we should look down on people or lift people up when we don't know the whole story. Because exactly. there's a lot of times people like to make themselves sound better than they are, and then we mm-hmm. idolize them, and then they fall from grace, and then we're like, oh, we should have known. Well, maybe we shouldn't have been putting so much putting merit them on into a pes- pedestal in the first place. Right. Right. But then, so to so to go back to the royal family, I think my fascination also began with. Um, Princess Diana, obviously. Oh, who's didn't, like, in our generation. Right. And my mama's name was Diana. And mama looked a lot like her. She looked very similar. Blonde hair, the nose, the body stature. The short, like, hair. Yeah. Or at least Mm -hmm. during that time frame. Um, So, Mm -hmm. no joke. I've told you this once before. um, But I was young enough that... I thought your mama was Princess Diana. <laughs> I thought I thought that's who she was. Like I was like, oh, yeah. she lives over here. Um, and then I obviously learned because I grew <laughs> up and I was like, oh, 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 not every she is not uh, yeah Princess Diana. I mean, she she was in our hearts, but you know, different, well, yeah, different. And so I think that's where <laughs> part of my fascination started was there was that, and then um, you know, obviously. I remember where I was when she was killed in the car accident, and um, I was only 15, I believe, So, um, and this was before social media, so there was not stuff readily available. I think by the time we heard about it, it was like 8, 9 o'clock at night, um, which would have been about the time that it happened in, in Paris, but... You know, you only could follow the news. You couldn't really. I mean, you could kind of go on the Internet, but the Internet was still very new at the time. And and not everybody just, had the Internet. Right. Right. And, you know, um, so really, I, I. I was curious about what that might have looked like if it were now. And in Mm -hmm. today's times where we had the social media and if it would have still happened because with social media, she would have seemed so, so much more accessible Mm -hmm. that maybe the paparazzi wouldn't have been hounding her as much because she could have controlled her narrative and released photos as often as she wanted. And photos wouldn't have cost as much to purchase because she it's kind of like now, not that paparazzi doesn't exist, but, you know, celebrities have so much more autonomy over what they post and what they share that they're not being hounded as much anymore, I feel like. As much. They still are. Because getting a picture of somebody that is um, maybe not as flattering isn't as as exciting anymore because anybody can post that now. Yeah. But at the same time, because anybody can post it now and there's access to it, does that increase the amount of, of paparazzi type 
stuff because everybody wants to make a quick buck and be that person that goes viral on Facebook or TikTok because they got something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's I mean, that's a fair point. Um so you and I were talking earlier um about some of the things that we've read. Um and you have said that you're about halfway through Harry's yeah. book. Yes. So I finished it. Um and it's very interesting. And I also read um, another, well, listened to another one called The Palace Papers. Mm-hmm. And that was more written by the, like, insider palace people. So it's very conflicting information of what's in Harry's book versus what's in that one. And you can kind of figure out what's the lie and what's not just by how it's written. Okay, so give me an example. So, for example, it's not like there's any like major things in the book that haven't already been released. So, exactly. I mean, I'm not finished it, but that's because, I mean, unless I was like living under a rock, I've pretty much heard all the major bombshells that. So, for example, um, they doubled down in the palace papers. They doubled down on the fact that Meghan Markle made Kate cry about um, her wedding, about Mm. Meghan's Mm -hmm. wedding. Mm -hmm. Um, And. They the way they the the details that they put into it very much made it sound like they were trying to back up their story. Whereas when you read it in Harry's book, you can tell that it's more genuine. That Kate may have cried, yes, and they are not denying that necessarily. They're just saying that that was never intentional. They were trying to get information, and I, I think it was like the fitting of. Um, Charlotte's dress. They kept saying, "Well, there's this person there. Just get it fitted. Like there's there's a seamster or seam, seamstress there. Just just get it fitted." And here's the other thing too. Around that time, Kate was pregnant with the third. So emotions are higher anyway. So even if she did cry, who's to say it wasn't hormones? The way I look at that situation is that. Neither of the books, Harry's or the Palace Papers, are coming from anybody firsthand. Harry wasn't in the room when it happened, mm-hmm. and neither were these people who released the Palace Papers. Mm-hmm. There's only so many people in the room, so everybody has an interpretation. And who's to say that Harry's right? Because Harry obviously is hearing it from his wife's point of view. And if you know anything about me, there's three sides to every story. Yours might the truth. Absolutely. So, I'm sure Megan felt a certain way about things, and I'm sure that Kate felt certain ways about things. And somewhere in the middle, there's a truth. Exactly. And of course, both of them are going to, I don't want to say spin, because I don't know that they're maliciously doing it, but everybody sees things in their own way and feels things. And I mean, today, this morning, I called you and vented with you about something that frustrated me, asking, am I being unreasonable? Because sometimes you need somebody who's from an outsider perspective. And I tried to make sure that I, you know, didn't sugarcoat it and I didn't sit there and make myself sound like, you know, some little princess, you know, (laughs) I sat there and was like, yeah, I did this and yeah, I did that. And this is what happened. Do I have a right to be upset? So who's to say that there wasn't somebody in that room that could see it from an outsider's perspective and go, "Eh, they're both kind of right. They're both kind of wrong. You know what I mean? I think that the narrative that something bad happened should have just been squashed right off the bat and said, it's a family thing. Emotions are heightened. We're not necessarily sure all the details, but neither one of them are, are to blame or whatever. See, and that's what I'm saying. Like after reading both, I was able to kind of like, 
see both sides and say, okay, yeah. here's probably what happened. Yeah. Like, just based on hearing both these sides. I mean, I would hope to God at my wedding nobody cried because they felt like I said anything. But if I said anything the day of, it was not... In, it's not in, malicious. It's not intentional. Right? Shoot. I remember at my first wedding, I remember making a comment. I think... It, I don't remember if it was you or to Emily. I remember making a comment about your guys' curls in your hair. Didn't think anything of it. And then a couple of days later, I was like, that was kind of bitchy. Yeah, it was, it was that mine. was kind of... <laughs> Because it was, was it yours? I, I did because I did rag curls, right? And they ended and up way them. tighter than we expected. Yes, but it's not that I didn't like them. I, I think I just made a comment like I wouldn't wear my hair like that. But I remember thinking, and to this day, I still replay it in my head every once in a while because anxious person that I am replays shit in my head. Yep. And I replay that and go, I bet that came across really bitchy, and that was not my intent at all. And I I don't know if I've ever apologized to you. I I, I assume I have. I honestly, I don't even remember. Right. So, but, I but I do that. remember it's the curls. Things. And I remember thinking to myself, man, these turned out way tighter than they were supposed to. Right. Well, and then I do remember when we were getting our nails done for, you know, my second wedding, I did my nails and I showed them to my stepmom. And I was like, oh, she goes, oh, yeah. She's like, that's not that's not my style. And then later she came back and apologized. She's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to put your nails on. I was like, I didn't take offense to it. Like, that's not your style. That doesn't mean you I, just because I like them doesn't mean you have to like them. Yeah. Like, I'm not I, I didn't sit there and show them to you because I expect you to stroke an ego. Like, exactly. I was just showing you my nails. Like, at the end of the day, I think that, you know, when there's that many people in an area and there's not that many things going on, sometimes you say things and don't realize the tone in which it came out or the words that you chose and then after the fact you look at it and go "Ooh, i could have handled that better but yeah. i think that anybody who knows you should know that we don't need to necessarily take everything that's said to heart yeah i, I don't and like i said i don't think anybody cried the day of our wedding because i could give two shits by the day, time that day showed up i was like whatever happens happens i mean i did well, yeah, but at the wedding, that's different. <laughs> Not because somebody said something that made you cry because it hurt your feelings. No, no. You know? First of all, uh, to make someone cry because you hurt their feelings, they first have to have feelings to hurt. <laughs> and I have lost mine. Like, I've dropped them along the way, and I forgot to go pick them back up, and I don't have feelings no more. But yet she cried at my wedding. No feelings, though. That's because I... <laughs> I love my sister, man. Shut up. I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, I, I, I think that I, I think I don't want to say that I play into what Harry has to say. I do think having seen the way that everything was handled, obviously through the press, I know that there's a lot that we don't see, but the way that everything was handled with the whole divorce with Diana and Charles and with Camilla and everything and how... Um, it's a PR machine. I could definitely see how it would be easier to shift or deflect blame from the heir of the throne over to the spare, as it because, were. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's just easier to and and if the the royal family has as much money as they do, do not tell me they don't own people in the media <laughs> oh i'm sure exactly exactly like, there's no way there's no way that they don't yeah contribute an opinion on how things should be reported Spun. <laughs> um so going back to the coronation can we talk about the uh the death eater oh the guy that like rolled over yeah what the fuck was that Who i was don't that? know but i thought that was hilarious and i love 
all the speculation that that's Diana ruining Charles's coronation day. <laughs> I love that. And then, and then there's a conspiracy about how Megan was at the coronation. She was just in disguise as this like weird looking white British dude. Um, and I'm sorry, that weird looking white British dude, that's Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> Have you seen that picture? Yes. I'm sorry. Yes, that is I fucking have. Captain Kangaroo. You cannot convince me otherwise. I mean, I haven't seen Captain Kangaroo in a while, so. It's been a hot minute. I mean, he's he's probably fucking dead, but still. That's his <laughs> son or grandson dressed as him. With the floppy That's hair hilarious. and the weird little mustache guy. The There was that. And then the other part that I was really bothered by with the coronation was um, Camilla couldn't even let them put the crown on her head without her trying to like help them. Like keep your hands to your fucking self, first of all. Second of all, after the crown was on, she kept like sticking like her fingers up in there and like making her hair look good. Bitch, none of us like the way you look. Nothing you're gonna do is gonna change our opinion of you. You don't look like it. And she had this smug ass look on her face. Like, look at me. Like, girl, you're the side piece. You're okay. always going to be the side piece. And not one person is ever going to legitimately call you Queen Camilla at all. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. But have you seen all of the the hullabaloo about how she's the queen of side chicks? Mhm. Mm-hmm. I, I that I find hilarious cuz it's Well, true. yeah, because how many side chicks actually make it to the top? None. And but then, if you're going to make it to the top, might as well be the queen of a country. Right. Just saying. Like that's just yeah. Yeah, I've I, seen like the queen of side pieces. Like then there was one that was like there's some hoes in this house like yes. the Cardi B song and yep. it's like yeah, there's some hoes in the house and <laughs> and uh I mean, look, I'm sorry. I get that that's his one true love. I that's who he should have married in the first place. I get it. I understand it. 100%. First of all, you cheated on your wife. You did it right underneath her fucking nose. You didn't even try to hide it. Exactly. The whole goddamn world knew about it. Yeah. And then you, you acted and like, humiliated her because of that. Yeah. And then you want people to respect. Here's the thing. I don't care if you're the fucking king of England or if you're my next door neighbor. If you cheat on your spouse and then you bring a new person around and you want me to treat that person with the same respect. No, I'm not going to be rude. I will be civil, but I am not going to sit there and pretend like you weren't the worst person and treated your spouse with such disrespect and brought somebody else in. And then you think I'm just going to receptively bring that person in and be just as I'll be civil. I'll be kind. Yes, it's going to suck because I bet you sometimes the side piece is a very nice person. That doesn't mean I have to like them. Yeah, absolutely. And so here's the other thing, too, is people are like, oh, why did he ever marry Diana if he was in love with Camilla? Because Camilla was already married. So she actually loved Charles as much as she says she did why did she get married to someone else because according to royal historians she was not married when they first met correct but the reason why he wasn't allowed to marry her is because she wasn't virginal she had had previous boyfriends and the royal family was concerned about the royal heir producing another heir but only with a virgin bride and so they found somebody but they also sent Charles away, supposedly, to do some sort of naval exercise or army exercise or whatever. And then, like, orchestrated, supposedly, Camilla's family and the royal family orchestrated this wedding between her and Andrew Parker Bowles so that it would make way for the new Princess Diana to come in and that that hopefully would be the end of it. 
But the thing is, is that if you genuinely love somebody, no amount of, you know what I mean? And I, yeah. I don't, again, this comes down to royalty. Camilla was, from my understanding, her family is noble on some level. Like they come from ladies or lords or whatever. And yeah. so um, it comes down to like what makes them superior. Why do we follow tradition and not just our, like, why do we have to marry somebody who's noble? Why do we have to marry somebody who's virginal? What does it matter if the king comes from, you know, a virgin bride or not? Like, what, why? Like, why is that important? Why is that what we're concerned about when it comes to producing an heir to the royal throne? That's a that's a great question. That is very good. Because seriously, because like... Doesn't, like, Henry VIII or whatever, didn't he have, like, how many... I was just going to say, if I was absolutely in love with somebody, like, so much so that I was willing to cheat on my spouse and have them cheat on their spouse. Yeah. I would never have gone through with a marriage in the first place if I was that in love with somebody. But here's my other thing. I don't, like, again, I don't remember if it was Henry VIII or whatever, but, like, a couple of centuries ago, they had multiple wives and multiple illegitimate children just so they could produce a male heir. And you're telling me that these women had never been with anybody else or whatever, but like, why is the man able to have multiple affairs just to produce a male heir, but the female has to be a virginal? Why was it so important at the time that Charles and Diana were together and got married that, that she had to be virginal, you know, because it's centuries later. Exactly. That's what, you know, yeah, yeah. I just don't understand like that at all, I guess. And and the rules were different when they were born because, well, I guess they're not different. They just changed the rules. I think in the last 10 years, I think um, Queen Elizabeth changed the rules because the royal succession, like the line, it, it used to be that it would be Prince William, obviously, and then Prince George. And it used to be that if Prince Charlotte would be next, but if they had another kid like they did and it was a boy, that boy would go above Charlotte. Yes. That used to be the rule. Now it's not that way anymore. They changed that rule. So now the line of succession is George and then Charlotte and then Louis. And so we can change rules, but we can't have a non-virginal bride if if you're in love. I mean, I, it just seems like it was, you know, tradition was more important than – And but what tradition? At exactly. what cost? Exactly. You know? I, I don't know. To me, I just find it very fascinating. I find it very interesting. There's a lot of questions, um, controversy, a lot of, um, like I said, there's, and now there's a lot of countries that are uh, attempting to break away from the British monarchy. Um, there's this video going around of like a soccer game in Liverpool where it's like you can stick your coronation up your ass um, that they're singing and chanting because they don't want to be connected with the British royal family. So it's just interesting. Like, and how many atrocities did the the royal family commit or encourage or turn their eye? I just, you know, and not yeah. that any government is without fault, you know. Yeah. It's just interesting to me. I just Can we also talk about how um, Kate – what she was wearing greatly upstaged Camilla. Of course. And she should. And so did you also hear that that headpiece that she was wearing was not actually a crown or a tiara? Yeah. They were saying it was made of fabric. Don't tell me that thing wasn't a fucking tiara. Uh, Oh, it was made to look like one, but it was made out of fabric. 
I did not know that. Yeah, I actually watched something, um, and they did. They she worked with a designer for it. Yeah, Alexander McQueen and somebody else. Yeah, um, and they made it out of fabric because of the the rules that Charles. No, and they Penel were trying made. to scale down. But Charles also, I guess, said that he didn't want anyone wearing a tiara. Yeah, because they wanted to scale down the cost of the coronation to, as a peer, to be careful and thoughtful of their constituents who were spending money. Okay, and I get that. But you already own the fucking tiaras. So what does it matter? You're not spending money on them. You already have them. I know. So frustrating. And then what I didn't understand is, if I understood correctly, the crown that Camilla got... She made changes to it. She changed like some of the jewels in it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you could do that. First of all, almost every single one of those jewels were stolen. Yep. From rightfully owning or swindled. Maybe not necessarily stolen, but swindled out of other the, countries. The true, other countries that were deserving and or owned these things, you know. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, you can make changes to it so that you can fit. Like I feel like if I married into the royal family i married into an arab family right i'm not trying to change my fam my husband's family's traditions those it, are their traditions exactly. that's the how only that thing goes. i would change would be like how it fit like well yeah obviously so that it fits on my head but i'm not gonna make alterations to it to fit my style when i'm the one married into it mm-hmm. because that's their tradition that is their family Especially if you don't own it. Now, mm-hmm. like, from my understanding, the earrings that Kate Middleton was wearing, the the pearl, mm-hmm. the drop on the pearl used to belong to Diana, Princess Diana. And she had them refashioned to add on some diamonds and stuff, but they were given to her. It's mm-hmm. not her crown. That is not Camilla's crown. That is yeah. the crown that belongs to the royal family. Exactly. And the only time they're ever going to wear it is when they get coronated. So why in God's name did you spend that money getting it altered to put in other problematic jewels to fit your style that you're only going to wear for one day. Yeah. And then so, that's yeah. going to be on K-Ted. Like that's just leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what my husband was saying yesterday too. He's like, uh, Charles should have abdicated and just given it straight to William because in, within the next 20 years, we're going to spend how much more money to coordinate another fucking king. Yep. But yep. we all know that, you know, Charles has been working his whole life to get to this point and probably wanted his mom to die 20 years ago. ago. You know, and can we also talk about his sausage fingers? Right. Oh, my God. Like that is there's something wrong. Like, is he are we are we retaining water because we're having heart issues? Like, you is that a like that's a stroke. So, so maybe happen, So right? maybe that was the Grim Reaper in the black. <laughs> Saying, hey, you better live it up while you can because I'm coming, I'm coming for, for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not trying to make fun of people's bodies. I'm really not. That just does not look healthy. Something exactly. about that looked very unhealthy. Very Something's wrong. Yes. When you're retaining water. There is something wrong with you. And if I saw that on any normal, like, r- random person on the street, I, I, you need to go to a doctor. Yeah. And you're the royal family. You're telling me that you don't have everything at your disposable to disposal to make your hands not look like little Vienna sausages? Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then no, I don't know. and then Princess Anne. She <laughs> looked fire. Yeah. Yeah. And then riding the horses. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, like if Princess Anne is a mood, I'm I'm her. Oh god, yeah. 
Oh, gotcha. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep, yep. She just zero fucks given. Yeah, yeah. Like everything about her makes me like love her. She holds faster to dish to tradition, but has zero fucks when it comes to what she cares about, what other people say, think, do. She just mm-hmm. that's her role. That's what she does. Don't ask me questions. Just okay. Yeah. And she has no problem not following certain traditions that are antiquated. Yes. Like, it's never, like, no female has ever been in a funeral processional Mm -hmm. for a royal until her Mm -hmm. mom died. And then she was in the processional. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no reason she shouldn't be included. Right. Just because, yeah, just because she's a female. Like, that's that's unacceptable. And then, Mm -hmm. like... But again, that goes back to how we can change rules to fit modern times and to stay relevant, relevant, not relevant. (laughs) Jesus Christ. What the fuck was that? Relevant. But but yet we have to follow some rules so strictly. It's the same thing with our government right now. Like the Constitution, when it was written, obviously was written for a time in the 1700s. Things were very different then. It should be, there should be room for, for changes, not just because we want to fit our narrative, but just because we want to stay with the times and, and keep up with where the world is going. Why can we make changes in some things, but we can't others because that's the way that it is? Okay. All of these things change- should be living documents. They should be changing with us. Correct. Okay. Perfect example. We're reading a book at work. We're doing a book study. Um, and I'm You're doing a, a what? Of- a book study. Oh, I thought you said a Bible study. And I'm like, no. since when? No, no. We are doing a book study and we're we're reading this book and I, I don't agree with it. And one of the things they're talking about right now is that you can't accept change if you don't have like a solid core that never changes on the inside. And I was like, no, that's not OK, because my morals, my ethics, who I am as a core is not the same fucking person I was 20 years ago because you have to go through some life experiences to realize things that were valuable, your morals and your ethics back then are different now. So if you are not accepting of changing who you are at the core as you go through life and have experiences, then what do you mean I can't accept change? If anything, I feel like I'm more accepting to change. I didn't like the way that this this book stated it. And it's, so it's it's in you know line with this of if you're not willing to change at the core, you don't get to just sit there and pick and choose what parts and just expect everybody to be okay with it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you have to be willing to reevaluate everything. Absolutely. And reevaluate what's important, what's antiquated, what needs to be updated, what needs to change to stay with the times, regardless of whether it's work, the royal family, yourself, whatever the case may be. But I don't understand why people like, again, like we stick so steadfast to some traditions and some rules, but it's okay if we change other ones. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like, how do you how do you decide what is allowed to be changed and what can't ever change? Right. And if you don't necessarily. Right. And if you don't necessarily agree with what somebody else wants to change, that's fine. But that doesn't mean that you can sit there and force the other person to believe your way, because there's been plenty of things that that they put up with that they don't agree with, you know, so you have to meet in the middle. 
I think there should be some sort of gun reform. I don't think we should get rid of the Second Amendment. I think we should have the right to bear arms. I think there should be some gun reform. However, I also think that people who are steadfast to the Second Amendment and never do any gun reform should also understand that, well, I don't necessarily agree with abortion, but I understand that there might be a necessary need for it. So I'm not going to like blah, blah, blah. Like there's got to be like if you want me to see your point of view and again, not trying to make this political in any way i'm just trying to say that like if you want me to try to see where you're coming from you have to try to meet me halfway on where i'm coming from too it can't just be all your way and no way and well we can change the rules that i want to change but if i don't want to change this then you can't change it like that yeah yeah no you have to be willing and accepting of the fact that everything should be able to be reevaluated, and still hold the core of whatever that belief is but but modernize it so that it fits with the times. In 1776, we didn't have AR-15s. So right? the right to bear arms was absolutely necessary so that you could keep yourself protected from a tyrannical government. I, I also still have the right to bear arms. I have no problem with it. There are no guns in my house personally. I don't feel comfortable with them, nor am I trained in any way to hold one, conceal one, shoot one. So it would not make sense for me to have one in my home. But there has to be, like I said, with you can't have those things without consequence or without responsibility or without some sort of um, acceptance of the fact that not everybody is on the same plate as you. And we don't have to be. Yeah. You know, but it's again, it goes back to the royal family and these things of. What rules are we changing and why are we changing it? We're just changing it so we can fit what we want, but we're going to force other people to stick with some of these other antiquated ways of doing things because that's what works for us. And it's like that's – and if you're doing that and you're funded by the taxpayers' dollars, you should be changing what the taxpayers want, not what you want. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, if you're financing your own shit, then have at it. Exactly. Yeah. So, last thought from me on this whole coronation thing. Mm -hmm. How fucking cute was Louis? Oh my God. He is a vibe. Right? He is a straight up vibe. But I also am like 100% obsessed with Charlotte because she's just so like prim and proper. And you can tell she's watching and taking everything in and trying to do what's right. I think she's just very, uh, she, I think, is going to be the next queen. She's going to be the yes, next the Anne. Yes, the next Anne. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like. Agreed. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yep. I will follow the tradition, but I'm yep. going to do it how I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And. And she's just cute as hell. She so, is. I'm not she's that so George isn't cute too, but like, let's be real. So. There's something about George that feels like stuffy. Like he's, because he's the he's heir. He's William. He's William. You know, yeah, he's but the he's heir. Like, he's not allowed to do anything else. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and that's why I just don't, he's not as cute in my head. <laughs> Louis just adorable because he's like, I'm having he's fun. He's cute, but he just doesn't grab your attention the way the other two do, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. And with that. All right, guys, let us know your thoughts on all of this. Uh, <laughs> email us, Podcast at gmail.com. That's G-I-N-N-Y-A-N-D-A-M-Y podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Instagram at Bitching Siblings Podcast. Have a great hold week, on, guys. Hold on. We also now have a new Ooh. Google line that you can call and leave voicemails for us. And we can play them on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, call us. That number is 785-538-9128. 
Can't wait to hear from you guys. Bye. Bye.